The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. It's a story that I'm going to stay with. The Ticket Pro Dome being the latest casualty of uh, COVID and the ripple effect through the South African economy. And the reason I want to stay with it is because of that ripple effect. I think that we uh, un- underestimate the impact of the closure of various different spaces and events with regards to the creative sector. This is critical because when we talk about the closure of those spaces, we're also talking about the domestic tourism, cultural tourism, international tourism. So when we hear, for example, that the Apartheid Museum has temporarily closed, we have huge concern because we know for a fact that uh, it may not open again when things finally open. They may not have the finances and they may not be able to support themselves in that particular manner. Then what does that mean? What is the not on effect when it comes to other industries, when it comes to tourism. We've heard a lot about the closure of hotels and the like. We've heard a lot about the hospitality sector. We've heard a lot about the alcohol sector. But this is a sector that deserves much more action given the support it gives, the financial support and the creative support that it gives our society at large. On the line, we have... uh, a cultural and creative activist, but also director of the Center for Creative Arts at the University of KZN, Ishmael Mohammed. Ishmael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, and good morning to you and to your listeners. Ishmael, we see the closure of the Ticket Pro Dome. It's the next one, the latest casualty, but it does talk to a much bigger question, and that is the role of the cultural sector and the creative sector in our economy at large. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. Michelle, the, the creative economy is incredibly large. And whilst we may mourn the fact that many creative workers have not been able to work for almost 15 months since we've gone into the lockdown, the bigger concern is where do they go to post-COVID-19 mm. when many of the places that could have offered them employment have closed down? So we will end up post-COVID-19 with a creative sector that's going to be hugely unemployed because employers are not going to be available because mm. of the closure of places like Ticket Prodome, uh, like the Fugard Theatre in Cape Town, uh, and, and a number of other smaller companies, as well as a number of uh, companies that have already retrenched uh, many of their performers yeah. and other company members. The bigger question is really going to be about where to for employment post-COVID-19 for the creative sector. So if you had to look at an end game for this, what would you see it as being? You can look at it, uh, you can give us two scenarios. What is the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario? Well, I, th- I think the, the, the worst case scenario is that we, we're going to have artists holding the big, big bowl in a much larger way than they've had to hold it this past year uh, because of, of poor relief funding for the art sector. Mm. Uh, a better case scenario is a stepping in right now by the private and public sector, which has the vision to recognize the role played by the creative sector in healing our country, in contributing to its transformation, but also in the way that the creative sector contributes significantly to the economy. The creative economy is not only about what happens on stage. It's the spinning effects. Mm. Uh, a, a facility like that in Johannesburg that is closed down is bound to have a massive sp- a ripple effect 
on other kinds of industry, from car guards, from people who 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 provide, uh, you know, tuck shop facilities, to sound technicians, to designers, to a whole range of other industry people that are not, you know, directly working in the creative sector, but who service the creative sector. So the multiplier effect is huge. And just uh, for our listeners, if you go onto the SACO website, which is S-A-C-O, I think it's .co.za or .org, you can take a good look at the actual numbers of what the creative sector offers our economy at large. And it's no mean feat and no small amount either. That's S-A-C-O, which is the South African Cultural uh, uh, Observatory. You know, Ishmael... You you raise um, that it's time for the public sector and the private sector to come on board. Now, my question would be, how do we sell this to the private sector? Because let's be quite frank, the ask right now in this country to the private sector is massive. And it goes down to issues of education. It goes down to issues of food security. Um, it goes down to issues of security. Um, so how does one then add something on, which is, for some people, not uh, an immediate need, even if we had to look at it in Maslow's hierarchy. I disagree, but how would you then make that argument? Well, I, I think while it's important to address issues, that is one part of the story. The other part of the story is how do we begin to find creative solutions for our country because political solutions have failed, and they failed dismally. Uh, and we're not going to be able to find those creative solutions in boardrooms without creative thinking people. Uh, we've seen how the art sector in our country has been able to create from absolutely nothing to build an economy that is incredibly huge and large. Uh, they've been able to create something from nothing to, 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 to bring different parts of our society and country together. Uh, the creative people or the creative sector has to be in boardrooms as well. So Ishmael, I'm going to, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump in there because, you know, I've pinned my colors quite clearly to how I believe the creative Mm. sector is critical. But I, but I think this idea that we need creative people in the boardrooms is, is quite a simplistic approach given what we know the uh, ambit and politics of a boardroom is, which then, does, I mean, if we're going to put artists into the boardroom, A, we need massive systemic change, but we also need a high-thinking, high-skilled uh, person in the from the creative sector who can sit in there. And I'm saying that with absolute respect for the sector that I love. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you, but I don't think there's a shortage of that kind of high-level, yeah. high-skilled creative thinkers in our country. I think what has happened is that in in building a, a a creative sector and the way government has done that, it has not engaged with those particular levels of people. It has aimed at popularizing uh, uh, the, the the art sector. It has it has worked at at weakening the art sector. And I think we've yeah. we've seen that quite a lot over the last twenty seven years. If one really goes back to our very first inaugural celebration of President Nelson Mandela. Who were on the stages? It was Simon Gilem Goma. Mm. It was all the thinkers and, and philosophers that work in our art sector. They were leaders. Yes. Look at what we've done over the last 27 years. We've gone for really cheap, common entertainment, pop stuff. That has no substance. That is no. Uh, that does not really represent the high-level art that we produce in our country. And I think part of that is government has failed 
the way we 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 sell the arts to the country to the surely it's, to everyone else surely it then takes us back to education if if absolutely i mean does. that that sale of it is not something that happens after tertiary education we should be having arts in schools at a very early absolutely. age probably from ecd as well absolutely i agree with you 100% on that and i think this is where an organization like atitej South Africa does an mm. incredible amount of work to make sure that almost every child in every school receives some level of arts education. It needs to be sustained so that we're able to develop that kind of citizen that we want, that is able to think creatively, that is able to bring creative solutions to the table, and not just superficially and simplistically, but at a high level. Ishmael, always good to talk to you. Ishmael Mohammed, Director for the Centre of Creative Arts at UKZN and uh, fantastic uh, debate that comes out there. I mean, I'm not 100% convinced that we can't also have popular culture as well. I believe that there is a space for everything. It's how it gets used. But I absolutely agree with what Ishmael had to say with regards to education and Asitej. And if you want to find out more about Asitej and the work that they do, you can go online. It's A-S-S-I-T-E-J. A-S-S-I-T-E-J. EJ. Have a good look at that process and what they do in the schools. It's well worth looking at and certainly well worth engaging with when we think about how we'd like to see our kids getting an arts education. And there is that Ford Foundation research. It takes us back a good decade or so where they said that, and I might be murkying this up a bit, but where they did say that uh, for a for a, a whole education for a child, a whole education for a child, it needs, obviously, maths and science and geography and biology, blah, blah, blah. But part of that whole education, they must have sport and they must have art. And whilst we have an education system that is pushing for the STEM process, science, technology, engineering and maths, it would be critical for our education system to look at STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. Obviously, the arts offer a level of imagination that uh, is severely lacking in our country right now. It's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.